feel like you're supposed to have the answer all the time, but you won't. And so I think there's something about preparing yourself to gain the confidence that you can do something else and that could start as a side hustle. And I think that usually starts and it's probably a very safe way for a lot of people to do so. But when you start getting a taste of what it feels like and the work that it takes, like making money is not hard. I mean, it's not easy, right? Making money is hard any way you try to take. But the, I think when we start getting the experience and start putting things into action versus getting stuck in this ideation stage, I think that's where we start really bringing things together because then your experience with the idea starts to like evolve in its own and take life, right? But we are often stuck in the ideation stage. We want it to be a fucking perfect plan before we do anything. There is no plan. Welcome to a new season of Ad Blocking with Jason Dwayne Smith. We're living in a time that challenges who we are, where we stand, and where we want to be. Whether you're a CEO, a small business owner, or a local school teacher, the need to grow and evolve exists for all of us. This season of Ad Blocking, we explore inspiring tales of taking risks, challenging convention, and becoming brave. Stories that may inspire us, or perhaps remind us, we must choose our hard on the road to becoming whole. In today's episode, I speak with former advertising leader at Unilever, Pizza Hut, Google, IIS, and Cover FX Skincare, Ben Shi. Since our last conversation, Ben has taken some major risks, left the advertising industry, and challenged conventional wisdom of reinvention. Our discussion is a timely one, as the industry endures a wave of layoffs, continued ageism, and an ever-changing battle with its own identity. Some of Ben's experience can and should come as inspiration for most and validation for many. I hope you enjoy the wisdom and vulnerability Ben shares as you look inwards on your own journey. With that said, let's dive in. It's a good one because the last time we spoke and you were so kind and blessing me with your presence for, uh, I guess I could call it season one of ad blocking. Uh, and at that time, you're right. You know, you, you, you were alluding to the journey that you're on now, which is a big part of what I want to talk about today. But in season one, during the pandemic, you know, I have the fortune of doing these podcasts as a total hobby. <laughs> I, there are there are no sponsors. There's <laughs> there's no uh, there's no million listeners out there. So I just get inspired. And at the time, what was inspiring me, you know, was togetherness and how much more we have in common with each other during the time in which our nation and our culture had really been focused on uh, div- division and divisiveness. 
And I think there was a lot of value in that at that time. And it has really inspired me. And more recently, then I think what has inspired me and what I want to bring to the table in season two of this little uh, hobby of mine is really around, you know, evolution, right? Evolving and growing. What does that look like? Particularly within, you know, I would say groups and professionals and people, you know, that may not be the most likely characters to do these things, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, maybe they had a corporate job, you know, maybe they come from, you know, a tough background, you know, maybe, you know, uh, you know, they have a different ability that folks didn't necessarily anticipate their ability to really accelerate and achieve growth and change. And to be really frank with you, Ben, there's something that I'm exploring myself. You talked about being a chicken. I call myself a bitch all the time. I'm like, <laughs> I have an entrepreneurial mindset, yeah. but it is so easy to come right back into comfort, you know, the comfort of you know, having what you want and, and, and having the things that you need. So I think what I really wanted to start off with you talking about was since our first conversation, you have really taken on a whole new path. And let's just start about that path. Give me get me and the listeners caught up on where you are today, what you're doing, you know, versus where we were when we spoke last. I mean, professionally, you have taken a completely different turn and I love for you to just get us caught up on that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think something you said earlier I wanted to touch on too is just, you know, um, it's okay to be scared, right? Uh, it's so deep in us that there's so much like shame around feeling that way. But like I, something through meditation made me realize even when you try to do the good stuff right it's hard because you got to put in a lot of work and discipline and i feel like you know in life we just like try to chase that comfort right and um to me i feel like i've learned comfort is where like a lot of these great ideas kind of die you know because we get chicken we become like a little bitch where we can't take action uh, but I feel like life is kind of like we choose our hard, right? More money, more problems. That's hard. If you're poor, it's hard too. With your health, if you want to like be super healthy, you got to work hard for it. And if you're bad in health, that's that life is going to be hard. Like hard is just coming in life and you kind of choose your hard, right? I, I think that kind of leads to some of this. Uh, entrepreneurship i guess you know one i had no idea what that what that even means but i think in our journey you know in life in general uh we are trying to find the path of least resistance and we're, we learn that so well in our day-to-days but like i don't think that's the reality of how life should be lived and i think i came to a point where what really made me decide to do something different was because I, I just had this level of desperation of trying to do find something that I don't think uh, I, I think I was looking for too many ideals 
uh, ideals mm. that like maybe I put on the responsibility of the company, the culture, my manager, my team, colleagues, client, whatever it was, the external factors. But like the things I really were, were looking for was uh, things I had to look with within myself, as cheesy as that sounds. You know, a lot of it's like the sense of belonging or, you know, belief in your own value. Like I kept looking for other things to kind of fill that. And I didn't realize I was doing it. I think it, to a point, it just really got to a desperation where whatever it was that I was looking for, I, I looked at every corner in this ecosystem, our advertising ecosystem, and I kind of felt like I couldn't find it. You know, client side, agency side, tech side. And what, it didn't even matter where I, where I was going to go. It, it was something that I felt like deep down, I needed to try something different. I needed to find a path to allow myself to build this mental muscle or uh, whatever whatever that is for each person to to look at the world differently. And I, I think for me, it was such at a level of desperation that I didn't want to see the world that way anymore. And mm. this was kind of my path of like figuring out how do I flip the script because I have, I feel like I don't have control of any of this situation. Mm, mm, mm. I like the, I like the, uh, desperation. Is that, do, do we think that it's a bit of a rhetorical question, but I love your thoughts on it. Is that what it takes sometimes for, um, the fortunate to make a change because we're fortunate. We are fortunate, really fortunate in that if most people that we know in our industry being advertising and marketing and ad technology, if they woke up and didn't really apply any new growth strategy to their lives, they would be better off financially than probably 80% of the world. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so knowing that even if you do want to do something different, even if you do want to go out on your own, even if you do want to change and evolve, being so fortunate, maybe that is what keeps you lazy. Like I told you, I'm, you know, I'm I'm not using it as inspiration per se, but I've been reading this uh uh David Goggins book. I think it's uh You mm. Can't Hurt Me. Mm -hmm. Right. And like he he talks a lot about, you know, him really living this life of just going through the motions. And it got yep. to a point where, you know, he had lost so much control and lost so many options that what drove him to really kind of follow through on becoming a seal and changing his life was like desperation. Right. Is that do we think? what it takes to kind of get there because I, I I love that choice of words and I wanted to dig into that a little bit more. Yeah, I I think my my personal perspective is that it's going to look different for each individual, right? Um I think certainly having the resources uh that we have to make this choice it, it is a privilege and I think it makes things easier. Uh and, and what I mean is it makes that journey to start a business or make the flip easier, right? Mm. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily change the process in which someone makes the decision to do so. 
Does that make sense? Like getting up to the point of making that decision to jump ship to do something else or start your own thing. It it still requires a deep level of like commitment and aspiration to to achieve those things. And sometimes, you know, it's less about what is um I think it's all within our own, you know, perspective of like, do we think it's going to be easy? Do we think it like whatever our expectation or um perspective of what it's supposed to be like some I, I guess where i was kind of going with the desperation piece is like when you're so desperate you glamorize the other side right and that's the whole thing mm. about grass is greener on the other side like just because you have the resources to do it just because you have an idea doesn't mean you can actually do it doesn't mean it's going to guarantee any success but when you're in the process of it you 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 only imagine that that's the only reality, you know, you don't really know how hard it is until you're in it. And I think that's all equal opportunity for whoever wants to do it. And so mm-hmm. even with resources, I think it does help because you can get more guidance, you can get um, more help and professional resources. But, you know, I think what I've learned a lot is, you know, the people that I've worked with in this industry now, like they're not all like me at all, you know, mm. and, and mm. it really gives me a humbled experience of like, you ain't shit. Mm-hmm. Somebody mm-hmm. else who's hungry right next to you down the street, like they're going to come, like if, if they're hungry, they're coming, you know, they're, they're, they're going to do whatever it takes. And I think that yep. still takes a level playing ground. It's a level, a level playing field for each individual to, to make that leap because it's a long marathon. Um, in this process, I probably thought 20 different times that maybe this wasn't going to happen, or Hmm. I didn't know if I had what it took to see it all the way through. Like the journey was supposed to be six months, seven months, and it ended up becoming a little over a year. And the, the, what it did was it it threw me in the world of the unknown that everything was unpredictable. Nothing. Hmm. Nothing was within my control. So like that, that, that was probably the most tumultuous time because I've never endured anything like that for that long and kind of durations compared to like what I felt probably the lowest times in corporate, like this was so, so different, you know, um, you can't really compare the two, but you know, it was its own level of hard that I have never experienced before. And so probably one of the most proud moments was when we finally opened the door someone Mm. like me who had no clue what to do never done this never had any family members in the restaurant business like who the fuck am i you know (laughs) uh with the privilege yes i i kind of bought my way in right to do it with the franchise although my my idea always i wanted to do something on my own that's how naive i was thinking how easy it was like now I, i like this is hard work. And I still ask myself every day, do you have what it takes? You know, this is just the beginning. So I don't know. I feel like it's equal for everybody, you know, and it's almost like you got, you you have to go through your own rite of passage. Like you have to earn it and it don't matter who you are. It's it's the earning it. And I think it is the willingness and the acceptance of, 
taking a risk. And you said something to me that I wrote down and it is now, man, you said a few things I wrote down that I've applied to my daily practice. But one thing you said that really kind of woke me the fuck up was like in the corporate world, you're kind of rewarded for not taking risks. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I think about that a lot every day, Ben. I look at it and I look at my environment. And again, I am one of the fortunate ones, right? I mean, I look at my life and what I came from and I am, you know, I can't believe it sometimes. Mm -hmm. But then when I go into my professional world and I look at what gets rewarded quite often, a lot of it is just making sure that you're playing it close enough, you know, making sure that you're not disrupting anything, you know, making sure that... You know, you're getting along with everyone, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, one of the big metrics is, which is important in any field, but it's it, the the language is interesting. You know, one of the big metrics is, you know, uh, client retention. Don't lose a client. Right. So like your goal, your goal is just like loss aversion as opposed to, you know, gain, which is just a very, very interesting way to think about living your life. And growing your own professional aspiration. So, you know, I wanted to kind of flip the script on that and kind of get your perspective on, you know, now that you're not in that environment and you're more entrepreneurial and you're working in a new space, how do you now think about the concept of risk and reward? Because it has to be a very different dynamic than what, you know, we live with and what you live with in the standard corporate environment. Yeah, for sure. Uh, man, that that's a really great question because I think it took me many years to kind of like even one identify it, but also like accept it within myself or understand what it, what it meant. But I I feel like uh, I learned how to operate under fear, right? Um, there in in the corporate world, there it's fear driven. And I think that's kind of mm-hmm. how our society is. And so that's how we end up living our lives, right? Um, you're expected to know how to do your job. You're expected to know all the answers. You're expected to show progress and performance. And those are all, I think, what I've seen, in, and, and it could be a product of because that's how I lived my life, was everything was out of fear, out of survival. I didn't believe Man, I so belonged there. I didn't, I, I felt... I owed the company because, you know, they hired me, but I wasn't seeing it like, oh, because, you know, I was a great candidate. I could bring these values. Yes, but, oh, but this company is better than me. So there was always this weird exchange in my mind of like why I was there and then how do I, you know, keep up with everyone around me, uh, per- be perceived and and be become a high performer and all the th- all the tools and the things that you're incentivized, you know, uh, they say, you know, take risk and go fast and break things and stuff. But like, in reality, it sometimes it's not worth the risk. You know, we've seen people who uh, the, the reward system kind of just work in funky ways. And you're kind of like, hey, you know what? It, it takes a lot to take that kind of risk. And it seems like more times you're not rewarded the way that you think you're going to be rewarded or you get more resistance. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, mm-hmm. It has to be mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a home run 
home fucking run where everyone is getting on on this idea and and those are those are hard to come by too so uh i feel oh, like you, when i go so through true. like a interview not an interview but like a promotion cycle man those mm-hmm. times can get become doggy dog because like there's only so many bright you know home run ideas and then everyone's just trying to pile on other things and it just becomes such a like you know your own cheerleading fest which is you know the culture that we we ha- we are in within the corporate world and so um i think for me it took a long time realizing i was living out of fear and mm-hmm. i started asking myself what would it look like if i didn't have this fear and i actually believed in what i was bringing to, t- to the table and really acknowledged the value that I bring. And I think it really started to change my mentality and how I perceived what work was supposed to be. Um, I think though, I would not have been able to see that unless I took myself out of the situation. I think it, mm-hmm. you know, I needed to create critical distance and be able to like look at what life is now versus what it was before. Cause I, I think what you mentioned in the beginning about like, you feel like you're 20 again, there's something about my personal journey of coming back to Austin, like being back where I went to college. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a part of myself that I'm, I feel like I'm picking up again, a piece of me that is becoming more whole because what, especially now recently when graduation's happening, and I think the, the people that I'm around uh, through my work uh, are just younger. And I really sense this angst and it reminds me of how scared I was going into this transition from college to work. And Mm -hmm. for me, you know, after Mm -hmm. college, I bought a one-way ticket to New York. Uh, No one else at the time was in New York from Texas. I was like, you know, this is literally my first time having to really understand what real life was. And I realized from that moment, from my time here in Austin to New York, that summer changed my life completely, but it set me on this fear mode because that was the only way I knew how to kind of like work with things in my life. Mm. Uh, and that mm. became almost like a, a a belief system that became part of my operating system as I learned how to become a more mature employee. And go, so going through all these different companies and coming from a place where I was young and naive and full of fear of like, what is this city going to do to me? Can I, am I going to live or do I have to go back in shame or whatever? Uh, it all started from there. And so mm-hmm. this journey kind of like helped me go back to certain parts of myself, trying to understand where's the source that is causing me dis- the the bad discomfort in my life that like, makes my job look this way or make you know life look a certain way um that 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 part you know was has was really hard to kind of understand but once you see it risk ends up becoming the best thing because now i appreciate all the experiences that i had gone through i needed to go through exactly what i went through to get to where i am today and if i hated all those things and i want wished i erased those things then all the knowledge that I have now will be gone too. Or at least that's how I see it, right? So I try to really appreciate just my own journey and how I got here, but all these things had to happen. And now, as I, and this is, I'm like still like one-on-one with learning how to be dis, in, in discomfort, but 
I'm forced to be in discomfort every single day now. And mm-hmm. I'm tired. I'm like, dude, I need a break. I don't know how to like turn this part off because the every day reminds me of a deep fear that I had in corporate, if that makes sense, right? Because mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. when I was in corporate, you know, you had you had status meetings, you had documents, you had tons of resources, you had process. You knew how yeah. things were gonna I go into the store, like I have no, you know, anything comes at you. And, you know, Mike, I love Mike Tyson. He's like, everybody has a plan to get punched in the face. And every day I'm getting punched in the face. I'm like, forget this, you know, like just be and let and receive like what's coming at you versus there's this deep operating mode under fear that I'm like, oh, I have to plan everything. I have to anticipate everything. I have to think through every single scenario, every question that someone might ask so then I can be super buttoned up right like and that became every meeting when i was sitting on the corporate side or at least what the pressure that i felt like i had to do whether i was able to do it that's a whole other thing but like that that pressure was always there taking that into this volatile day-to-day thing like it tore me up and it's still kind of like rattling me right so if i'm not showing up with intention in all my daily stuff Man, you, my, everyone will see it. Like I, I'm thrown off. Thir- going 13 hours in this, in this monsoon is like it, it'll wear on you, you know. So, I'm learning how to adapt to my new environment while trying to become more whole in the process. Because whatever I thought I knew, and whatever I thought the way that was supposed to work or how to do it, everything is like completely destroyed in a good way because now it's being rebuilt in a in a in a more i guess a better place you know with more understanding and experience so oh see man that's why i fucking hate you (laughs) oh my god man it's so true man you man there's a few things i want to pick up on that because oh man it's funny i lived in austin and you're reminded me of some the time I lived down there and I was young man and and you're right it's like you know it's almost like if if everyone could do a calculus right if you if if every successful quote unquote fortunate professional could take a calculus and look back and go when was the moment that I began to be governed by fear mm-hmm. you know because there was a moment. There was this moment when you were this young, aspiring, whatever it was going to be. You mm-hmm. know, you didn't have kids. You you didn't have all these material things, right? Because we, we chase more material things and then you just become a slave to the material shit. You know, yeah. well, I got to pay off this mortgage. I got to I got to pay off this boat. I got to, you know, pay off these these, you know, forty thousand dollar private schools I got from so the more shit you take on the more you increase this sort of slavery to fear right because you're not working to achieve anything you're just working to not lose shit you know yes yes and it's a very interesting calculus to apply because I love that just physically being in a space in which you existed without that kind of helped you re invigorate and rediscover what does life govern without fear look like and what can happen when you don't have that you know i love that man 
uh, it sounds cheesy as hell, but like a lot of this, I think, is like us as a community, as humans, right? It's like trying to raise our vibration, you know, as as woo woo as that sounds, you know. But like demonstrate more kindness and love, and you know, I think through this this understanding, like one example is, you know, I'm there's very specific themes that have come up in this process that have uh fueled my fear in corporate and i guess i'll share this because it's it's more it's very it's more of a personal perception of my identity and fear that i realize that runs through a different deeper layer but there's two things i think one the perception of being lazy um mm. i'm not i don't i don't think i'm lazy i don't think anybody's really lazy but we can can be lazy at times or want to be lazy um and it's okay to be lazy because that's also a form of rest uh i learned that the perception of laziness gets me fired up there's Mm. a level of fear that it just lights up so quickly it's almost like like my mom grabbed you know this hanger and was ready to get me you know like immediately Mm. i was like oh shit, i gotta go (laughs) that laziness if I ever smell it within myself, man, I work extra, extra hard. I'm going to burn myself down. I'm going to physically work to the bone so then I can never fear, uh, feel that laziness sense, you know? And that was mm. something I didn't realize I was doing. So when I think about burnout, like I needed rest. But every time I felt like I needed rest, uh, I ended up working even more. Or I, if I couldn't physically work more, then I'm thinking in my head all these things right and then you just become consumed so that was one piece that took a long time for me to to realize um but i do think that like understanding where those fears are coming from is like almost just understanding what your own manual is like right now now you kind of understand a little more about like what triggers you and why it does um i feel like in 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 the corporate world, I, I just never, I just thought it was all normal and it should be part, this is what you signed up for. This is how, what you have to do. Um, mm. And that, that was something that I believed truly that I needed to do um, in order to provide like a better life or a better opportunity. Um, but like, it was a truth that I could not negotiate with myself, you know? Um, mm. So the lazy part was one. And I think the other, um, I think a lot of it was around imperfection or the ideal idealism of perfection. I'm not perfect by any means, but for some reason, things have to be, quote, perfect. I need to get information a certain way or things have to be done a certain way. Uh, Something in this process made me realize, like, both me and my partner or anybody we have, we're both right. We both have the answers, but it's like, mm-hmm. how do we get right? And I think it, for me, this was really hard because it just showed me how, like, how much control I need of a situation or mm-hmm. of any simple task, you know, like down to the point where I become so critical if it wasn't done a certain way. That, that was another thing that it was not just the way that I wanted to work or I wanted to try to like, manage the you know the event or the meeting or whatever it is i'm planning for but it was like this fear 
of letting go that, you know, something might go wrong. And, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. these two things prevented me from really understanding what what uh, success maybe looks like, right? Like when you play basketball, you're not looking to make 100% of your shots. You're going to miss. You hit 80% or you find the right map, mismatch and the right matchup, et cetera. Like you could still win the game, but you're not going to be perfect. And there's something about I want to hit every single shot I throw up. And that's just not going to happen. And like, even accepting that for me was very difficult. Even I don't know why. It was just a mental hurdle. I don't hit it's every shot. It's fucking true, okay. man. It's like, it's a fucking true one. Like, um, man, I like, I had a, I damn near fucking, I got emotional. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to fucking laugh. I got emotional watching Giannis, man, after that Bucks uh, loss in the first round, man, when they interviewed him and they were like, do you consider this season a loss? And he looked at him and he was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, people only remember the shit after the headlines talk about all the wins. And, you know, the amount of times Michael Jordan lost, the amount of time Magic Johnson, the amount of time every known player or known athlete or known entrepreneur or known professional or known, you know, states person you know, how many times they have lost that it doesn't get put on the headlines, right? And, like, that's the progress, man. And it's really, it's a really interesting one about, like, this idea of just, like, failing along the way. And also this idea of imagining that you can control every aspect of the shit, you know? Like, sometimes, Ben, like, I sit, sometimes I'm really aware and I'm, like, looking at my corporate environment from a perch like i remember Mm -hmm. recently i was in i was in this meeting but two things happened to me recently and then i want to ask you a question but two things Mm -hmm. happened to me recently that were like man i need to to just it just really awoke me to the environment one was i pitched this piece of business and it felt like there was a lot of pressure on it and Mm -hmm. i was leading the pitch and we lost we lost the pitch right Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds really fucked up, but I didn't feel that bad, mm-hmm. you know, because it was like, I can't control these things. Like there's all like all I, all I can do is my effort, my input, my preparedness, my ability to motivate and my ability to be, you know, as uh, intentional as I possibly can, you know, right. but I can't control the outcome, you know? Yeah. Yep. And And but, you know, what felt weird about it, Ben, was like I started to feel bad about it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I'm looking around and everybody else like it's like the world is over, you know, and I'm like, man, maybe maybe I should feel that bad about this. Right. Right. I'm already moving. I'm already moving on to the next thing. I'm like, yeah. All right. And guess why? Because I got way fucking better in the process, bro. Like, I got way better. I'm looking and I thought everybody around me got way better right and so and i'm like why do why is it that the environment feels so bad and i what i came to conclude were two things two things which i really want to put out there to the universe and anyone that's listening is like you know one was this false idea that we control every fucking thing yeah we don't we don't we don't we're we're part of a system Right. Mm -hmm. And we have to be able to understand how we fit and collaborate and can thrive in that system. But Mm -hmm. we don't control everything. We don't control everyone. 
And right. the other thing was this like paralyzing fear of what someone else thinks about them. And and I think that is just such a just a fascinating aspect of like, you know, how we live, man, where it, it and it really cripples our ability to be able to live our best life and to be able to evolve and, and to and to really excel and achieve what we're here to achieve are yeah. those two things, this this false idea of absolute control yeah. of everything. And the idea that you get rewarded for being the most controlling. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah, totally, and, totally. And, and this idea that somebody else has it figured out or that you're beholden to the opinion and, and, and perception and approval of someone else that's working just as hard as you are to achieve whatever their goal is. Right. So I don't know, man. I just wanted to put that out there. And I, I saw you were nodding your head. So I, I just, yeah. How's that? How's that? How's that vibe with you, man? Man, I, oh, it is it, so true. You know, I think uh, part of, I guess, this theme of like wholeness, right? Like, I think we have to admit when you're working in corporate, you're already separating yourself, right? You're who you are at work may not be who you are at home. You're every day separating yourself from who you are. If that makes sense. Yep. Um, yep. And I think that's where I also feel like I constantly experience this clash of emotions, right? Like I don't want to feel that way, but should I feel that way? Because that's how people at work feel, or this is what I know will work at work. But at home, I don't want to bring that home. Like there, there's such a um, when you don't. I mean, it feels very clumsy, right? Because we do it every day without knowing. But like when you don't know how to deal with discomfort, or you don't know yourself, right? Or just like you're not aware of it. Like you're kind of you're constantly thrown by the situation and your emotions and. At least for me, like being a very emotional person, like I, I would go up and down because of what I think somebody else thinks of me or how a meeting went or yep. a response from an email. Those things mattered to me. And I, I think that also served as like why maybe I met some really great people in the industry. And I, I think allowed me to to really embed myself in, in, in my client's business. But those were the very same things that like crushed me every day every meeting you know and so I, I don't know i i feel like you know at the end of the day um trying to find uh i mean it, it sounds cheesy but it's almost like finding your own path right like in, in that scenario when you mentioned like the loss like everyone deals with discomfort and failure differently and unfortunately i feel like we you know misery loves company right so like when you feel yeah. like it with you but you know when you're that only one not wanting to feel like shit then you're like wait is something wrong with me right like there, there's just this our natural mode is to be in this negative state when something bad happens because we think we failed at something and what why i feel like wholeness keeps coming up for me is like what i wish i knew because sometimes i feel like i can't go back is like entrepreneurship has like brought all the separate lives I had together. Like I can't separate my family mm. from business now, right? I can't separate my friendship from my partner uh, with the business now. Like we're, we're 
all in it together in such a deeper way that I, I didn't even understand um, in my life is like colliding in ways that like I can't keep separate anymore because the, the, the rules of corporate are no longer what I have to depend on every day in my routine, right? Um, mm-hmm. our, our routine and our habit habits every day take up so much space of our every day. And I think when I look back at like, when you're, you're in your environment at work for so majority of your life, right? Like that ends up becoming deeply part of your identity. And like, if that is not who you truly are, at least in my case, I, I don't feel like I was truly authentic with who I was at work. It was a constant battle every day. And so, mm. you know, I, I think it's natural. And I think these are the things that happen when, you know, when we either trust in ourselves or trust in the universe that like things flow and happen for a reason. Um, and it's hard to change that perception until you actually see it, I guess, sometimes. Right. Um, I think with Teaspoon, you know, I, I kind of mentioned it took over a year to kind of build. There were so many things that were supposed to happen, didn't happen, or the way that I wanted things, something to happen that didn't happen, but both ended up becoming better in the result and how the outcome. If I had controlled everything to a T, we probably would have fucked it up. And that was very hard mm. to kind of realize that like when you're when you're now you don't have anything to blame. You don't have process mm. or people to blame. This is you trying to achieve, you know, the next thing that you're trying to do. I realized I was becoming my worst enemy through the negative feelings, through the negative uh, way that I was perceiving things or controlling things. I had to like find a way to rework everything. And it was about this whole being present thing, you know, like in our minds, we had been trained through corporate and in society, what is right and what is wrong. Who the mm. fuck knows what's right and what's wrong? <laughs> if you stay present, there is no right or wrong. It's just choices. Mm-hmm. And it becomes door A, B, C, D, E versus like, hmm, is this the right you know, answer and is it doom and gloom if I, if it doesn't work, you know, like this different mental battle that kind of goes on before you make a decision. If you're constantly present, you're already trusting that everything will just happen the way it's supposed to happen. And if you have the right intention, you know, maybe you're drawing really good things, you know, to you too. And those, some of those things like being connected and being aware I think truly changes like how you live every day. You know, you, you end up, I feel like I'm trying to learn how to live versus before I was like just existing. I was trying Ooh. to get to the day. Please just get to the day so then I can go grab a beer or like go to sleep or go do my thing, go watch Netflix. But like trying to get through the day, just last through the day, last through the week. Oh shit, tomorrow's like another day of work. You know, like this whole mental gymnastics of like, just trying to find time for myself or rest, but feeling guilty in that process, you know, uh, it's just, I wasn't living truly. And I think that, you know, when we each ask ourselves, like, what does that mean? It probably would feel very uncomfortable, you know, because it's natural. I think we've all lived and are living in a way that like, there's things we don't want to see. It's hard, you know, that's, and that's just part of life. But eventually like some of those things will come out in our journey. I love it, man. Um, 
Well, I know you've got limited time. I want to I want to I want to close with a couple questions and then um and then let you get back to running a business, my friend. <laughs> but you know, for us, you know, you know, we're not spring chickens, you know. We're we're not in our early 20s, right? And we have responsibilities and you know, we have kids and we 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 have our 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 partners mm-hmm. uh and i i would like to hear a little bit about you know when you really got to a point in which you figured i want to i want to live i don't want to just exist anymore mm-hmm. and you took this leap at teaspoon to achieve a dream that you have and and, and grow you towards bigger dreams that you have Mm. You had to be thinking through how that's going to impact the people around you. Yes. How that's going to impact your wife. Yes. How that's going to impact your 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 children. How that's going to impact uh, the lifestyle that you have. And, and you know, I want to I want to come down to earth a little bit on some of this because that is likely what a lot of people are sh- challenged with. This I, I I maybe I have the skill. Maybe maybe I have the dream. Maybe I have the one. Maybe I have the purpose. But can I can I do this and impact these people around me? Or what does all that mean? What does the unknown look like? You know, I'd just love to kind of know how that whole process is. How how did that thought process play into the decision? And, you know, how has it played into your day-to-day life now? Because um, I'm sure folks would love to get a peek behind the curtain on that a bit. Uh, you hit a, a, a really, really great point because i think that's also a huge part when people think about starting a business they're not they're thinking about the glamour around the business right not everything else that comes with relationships and family and everything that's you know uh also heavily impacted and uh man um you know when we decided we're going to do teaspoon moving down to texas from new jersey you know there I, I could I could say confidently and 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 with a lot of uh like humbleness and love that like my wife and I we weren't good. You know, uh there was a lot of change happening in our lives through the pandemic. Uh her mom got injured and we almost lost her in the hospital. Uh we had a miscarriage. Uh my parents got robbed in Houston uh during the pandemic. Moving our family down to Texas, it was very hard. Um, and in making that decision, and as much as she wanted to support me, uh, she didn't really know what she was signing herself up for either. You know, she was just trying to do her best to like support her husband and, you know, do what she knew how at the time. And uh, I would say, you know, when it comes to our relationship, uh, through this process, I realized like I can't do everything myself. And I'm not good at a lot of things. Uh, and this control was one thing that I had to really battle with. And uh, my wife and I, we go to uh, couples therapy every week. And I would say like that is probably one of the hugest things to help start the process of mending our relationship through Teaspoon. It definitely has shown us a lot about ourselves, about where our relationship was um, to get us to the point of like, you know, opening the store. And we're still very, very early in that stage, but you can start seeing some of the corner, the, the, the turn around the corner. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of those blessings are really just like 
for me, which was really hard telling myself, hey, as a husband, you're not that great. You know, Mm -hmm. as a dad, you're not that great. Like, stop thinking that you're amazing at all these things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you need help and it's okay to ask for help. And like, if you really care for it, fucking do it. Take Mm -hmm. action, right? And I felt like I was sitting there a lot, internalizing in my mind, but the action was I need to go find something to like, to change, flip the script faster. If I cared about it, where's the urgency, right? Like, so something like that, I found, you know, really helped us keep the communication and evolution of everything that's going on, changing every day at Teaspoon to allow us to have kind of like an evolution of our relationship that I think we heavily needed. We're still kind of like going back and, you know, we've been married for 12 years. So there's a lot that we have to unpack through this next phase, you know, but you can start feeling a lot of this stuff shedding a bit and giving it some like new new life, new potential, if you will, in the in the stage that we're in. Um, when 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 Teaspoon opened, I had no idea that when we were actually going to open. That's how stressful it was. It was the night before when we got the okay from the city, and from then on, it was just bananas. And like from a year of being fully integrated into the family, then I was like non non-existent, you know. And mm. that is like kind of our evolution now. How do I find that balance and restore that at home? Because in my heart, like that's where I want to be. The natural patterns start coming back, right? It doesn't matter where you go. It can be any other job. Go create your own business. Do whatever. But if you still have the same baggage, it's just going to go wherever you go and turn that amazing thing into the same shit until you mm. find Wholeness, you know, and I think I was seeing how my patterns were coming into Teaspoon. Like I was the way I things had to work, you know, like all this stuff, uh, especially because I was getting thrown with so many unknowns. And then couple that with, you know, the unknowns of the business that are now unknowns of the family. That was bigger than I've ever had to deal with, like head on like that uh, and carry that. So. Uh, and I mean, carry that more in a sense of like understanding that it's there versus I, I've never, I always saw it as two separate things and I can kind of like put some shutters on my, my, you know, the, the blinders on and not see it. But this is just forcing me to like live and breathe it every day in a way that I wasn't. So the, the family aspect, if, if that's not good and my relationships are not good, that's when I know there's something I have to work through, um, either at teaspoon or at home, but like there's, there's more of like this, uh, awareness that like my family and my, my business do go hand in hand in a way that I've, I, I never really understood that they could impact that each other that way. Cause like, if I went to work, I don't think about my family the same way as I do now. And, you know, like I, when I'm, when I go to in the office, like you get immersed in a whole different environment that you kind of, like just forget, you know, uh, I, this was so different where like everything impacts every day and it's overwhelming because it's just a new way of how I process every day now that is just, uh, it's just so different for me. So I think that is kind of like my, my journey with, you know, how to balance this personal life with, with work and how much family is very integral with it. I think there was a lot of things I missed as a dad when I was in corporate uh, because I just didn't have the capacity or I didn't even know that those are things I should care about. 
it's only when I started to kind of like look at myself internally, I realized, you know, I, I don't want to be that way where I don't want I, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm becoming like my dad. And I promised I would never be like him. You know, like those moments start to come back when I see uh, my son, especially. And, you know, in a weird way, like when I'm doing these things for him, I do feel like I'm doing it for myself, too. So. I love it, man. And thank you for being vulnerable there, too. You know, I mean, it's not a, uh, you know, it's not some type of fairy tale life. You know, you, you know, you go home and their needs and their are life changes and disruption. And yep. I love what you said is if you know that those are things that you have to really hone in on, you have to make the choice to do that. Mm-hmm. So to build on it and, and, and my, and maybe my last one for you, mm-hmm. um, cause I, I know the, I know the clock is ticking is, you know, it's a quite, it's a question directly to you but it is also a question i'm sure many people have for themselves and that is you know if i were to ask you what does it take inside of yourself to actually become an entrepreneurial entrepreneur and leave this corporate world what do you what would you say it takes what do you what would you say that is oh uh i do feel like this applies to life in general at least for me. Um, but I feel like we have learned a bad habit of chasing the the end destination, the benefit, the glory at the end. Um, and when we realize and think about like what it actually takes to do it, like we, we bail out. There, there's just so much emphasis on like getting there, being rich, you know, getting that spot or Whatever it is, like I feel that there's a there's this process and the journey that we truly have to like kind of be in, and that's I guess part of being present, you know. Um, I think that what we need to do is to take a little more action, and I think the the difference I think I'm starting to look at how to create a plan for myself is like. I, I want to lose 10 pounds next week, but I know if I needed or wanted to do that, it'd be nearly impossible or very hard, right? I don't want to create a mentality for just a habit. Like I'm trying to change a lifestyle. And I do think that if, when we start thinking about taking action, we have to f- figure out like, what are those small steps? So I didn't become this like overnight. I, I started small things like investing in property when I had no idea what I was doing, right? It was like some of these small things of just testing and just getting enough confidence to try to take action. Like that is also, I feel like a muscle that we have to take. We have to build and develop because we want to take a full leap and get to the other side with everything kind of like laid out and and it just doesn't happen that way. The journey can be long. It can be very difficult and not many people make it. So it's not about what the glory is at the end. It's about like, do you have what it takes to go on this journey? Because it's going to require so much more. I think that's something I, I've learned that like, even though I had it in my mind that I wanted to do it, I have no clue like how to do this. Like it, it's it's like, I've never done it before, right? So like, it's a, it's the mentality of, how, what do you do 
how do you take action when you're facing a problem where before I was very paralyzed with the idea of facing any problem because I planned it so perfectly. There shouldn't be a problem. And if there was a problem, shit, I didn't anticipate it, right? And so you feel like you're supposed to have the answer all the time, but you won't. And so I think there's something about preparing yourself to gain the confidence that you can do something else and that could start as a side hustle. And I think that usually starts and it's probably a very safe way for a lot of people to do so. But when you start getting a taste of what it feels like and the work that it takes, like making money is not hard. I mean, it's not easy, right? Making money is hard any way you try to take. But the, I think when we start getting the experience and start putting things into action versus getting stuck in this ideation stage, I think that's where we start really bringing things together because then your experience with the idea starts to like evolve in its own and take life, right? But we are often stuck in the ideation stage. We want it to be a fucking perfect plan before we do anything. There is no plan. I think the tech industry actually did it right. Is you know, it's easier said than done. But like, when you get too big, I think it's another issue. But like, you know, Facebook was like, let's break things fast and keep going. You know, that is a very specific mentality that you have to embrace. That is not. It's it's not for the weak minded. You know, um, so I think that's that's kind of my take. Like, not being seduced by just what is at the end goal and really trying to find a way to allow yourself to experience the the wide spectrum of what being an entrepreneur means Uh, because each of those different experiences might give you a different perspective or experience or, or, or something to lead to a different branch of entrepreneurialism or uh, you know, show you that maybe you got more that you got to, you need to work on or certain areas that you're working on to to become better and do the next thing you know uh, most people who do businesses don't succeed the first time or the second time it's usually maybe the third time you know like that's the hard part of doing it you know like no one knocks it out of the park or rarely the first time and i think that's that's something as like as an entrepreneur it's like that growth mentality you, you can't be afraid of taking risk making mistakes those are only your hugest assets you get that, no one can take anything away from you, but you have to like earn it. You have to go through it every day to then get to that week pattern, to get that month pattern, quarter, year, you know, like you have what it takes to get there, you know? So.